Welcome to the Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 7, The Surprises of a Super Low Tide. This past week, I paid a visit to my local rocky intertidal. This area has a narrow channel between a salt pond inlet and a larger bay beyond. As the tide comes in, the water rushes shoreward through the narrows. When the tide ebbs, the tide rushes out. All that water moving creates a high-energy environment with large standing waves at mid-tide. Lots of nutrients are circulated by that kinetic energy, and thus the biodiversity at this site is high. It's a fun place to explore at any tide. I made this trip to witness an uncommon event, a strongly negative low tide coinciding with the new moon. Tidal ranges, the difference between the height of low and high tides where I live, vary between 8 to 14 feet or more. The low tide on this particular day was negative 1.9 feet, meaning the low tide water level was nearly 2 feet lower than a normal low tide. Quite a treat for an intertidal nerd like myself. I dream about being allowed a moment to view the bay drained of water just to see what's down there, and a negative tide like this was a little glimpse of that dream made real. I walked along the water line at the time of low tide, and all around under my feet were sea stars, anemones, and sea urchins, creatures normally found safely below the surface of the water or wedged deeply into crevices between and under rocks near the water line. I even saw a chitin firmly attached to a small rock covered in pink coralline algae. The subtitle kelp lay all around at my feet, and the red algae, known as dulse, peeked out of the water where the current was especially strong. The most common species in this normally subtitle shoreline, however, was not algae, echinoderm, nor bivalve. I noticed small patches of it at first, little bits here and there on the seaweed. The lower on the shore I went, the more I noticed, until I turned around and looked back up the shore and saw this creature covered every hard surface up to the normal low tide line as far as my eye could see. The creature is the colonial tunicate Didymum vexillum, known colloquially as, according to the vivid names listed by Wikipedia, sea vomit, marine vomit, pancake batter tunicate, and carpet sea squirt. The modus operandi of this particular organism is to grow to its namesake and cover hard substrates in a dense, rubbery carpet. I said these tunicates are colonial, meaning they consist of a large mass of individual zoids, individual organisms that are evolved to live in a colony. They could not actually live independently. Each zoid draws water into itself through an in-current siphon, and exhales the water into a common set of channels or atria which exit the colony at specific spots called atrial siphons. These exit pores kind of make the colony look like a sponge, but tunicates are actually chordates, the same phylum of animals we are in. The whole thing is covered by a structure that gives the tunicates their name, the tunic, a tough but flexible covering made of proteins and carbohydrates that protects and contains the colonial organisms inside. As the colonial draws water in, each zoid filters out any small organic particles or planktors as food. Didymum grows on surfaces, carpeting everything underneath it. Its ability to monopolize a habitat is quite alarming. This was definitely the case at the shoreline I visited. It covers hard surfaces and starts to grow on itself, creating long, ropey projections that appear to drip from rock surfaces. It's such an effective colonizer of the subtitle shoreline that it can easily outcompete other species just by growing over them. Sessile organisms that that are otherwise immobile are trapped and easily smothered by this carpet-forming creature. 
It's able to form such dense carpets because it does not have any real predators. There are reports that it's eaten by sea stars, but these reports are few and far between. And there are good reasons it has no predators. It didn't evolve here, and has only recently been transported here inadvertently by us, humans. And that is what we'll talk about in the next episode. This has been Episode 7 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. You can see photos of this tunicate on our Instagram, at The Essential Rhythm. Thanks for listening, and join us next week 